Welcome to the Odd Collective Radio Show, Steve Mulry. How are you, sir? I am absolutely fantastic. Good, mate. You've got a new musical adventure coming. <laughs> yeah. With an, I, with an I, old name. Yeah, with, well, with another, another one to add to the list, you mean. Yes. Um, I, I've got a few things going on. But, yes, this, this, uh, this new adventure um, is called Lawless Breed. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of borrowing members from other bands to put this thing together. Um, so, uh, you know, particularly a band called Pound for Pound, which is one of my favourite bands at the moment that's um, knocking around Sydney. So three of the guys are from Pound for Pound. So, um, you know, it's um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to doing some stuff. As you would, mate, as you would. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there's, you, you've got to be in a lot of things in this day and age if you want to maintain any sort of profile. Yeah, things have changed, haven't they, over the years? I mean, you used to be in, like, one band and, and, and you know, and stick with that band. And Well, I always did anyway. I always stuck with one band, um, you know, and, and um, put everything into it. But these days it's um, – there's not – even before the um, – the pandemic, it was still, um, you know, it was still difficult to get one band playing, you know, more than once a month, <laughs> maybe yeah. twice a month if you were lucky, you know. And um, but so so yeah, I, I, I decided to um, branch out and, and get um, get involved with with more musicians and and different styles. And you know, it's amazing what you pick up, what you learn. Even though you've been, I've been in the industry for thirty eight years, you still, you know, you still um, pick up stuff because you, if you work with different musicians, they've all got a different way or, you know, of doing things or, or have different music. In fact, funnily enough, I've been, I've been doing some music over the last few years. Probably it started, may, may start even 10 years ago when, I, when I, um, George Muscat and I put together um, Weekend Detention, the band Weekend Detention. We were doing songs then that I would never have dreamt of doing, you know, uh, and, I've, and I've, even now in Bands that I'm involved in now, like the Rock Show, I'm, I'm doing songs that I never thought I'd I'd ever do. So it, it's it's good actually. It's a great experience to try other things and uh, test your your abilities out to be able to um, uh, to cover so much different type of music. Certainly, test your metal as well. That's it. Yes, test test your metal absolutely. Um, but I think there's there's good things in in regards to having multiple things that you're involved with. It's not exactly like a marriage anymore. You know, you're not in one band all the time. You know, like, because being in one band is like five members, four members, whatever it is in the band. Being married, you're in each other's pockets all the time and it's quite easy to annoy the crap out of each other. Um, in this situation, when you're doing multiple things, you don't uh, get the opportunity to be... Um, annoy the living crap out of each yeah, other. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> For what of a better of a better sentence? Yeah, that's right. So um, I'm really enjoying it. It have been for a few years now. Yeah, well, you know that, that's obvious with you doing the rock show thing that John English was rest his soul um, doing prior to his death, and now you you've stepped into that seat, and it's like um, I've I personally noticed the versatility you've acquired. Through the oh, years, thank you. you know, yeah, um, thank you. you're a lot more versatile performer than you were with the M16s. I can assure you, my friend. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah, the M16s was late, the late 1980s, ladies and gentlemen, when I was only four years old. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. So I mean, yeah. But so that we means all I wasn't born yet. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> obviously, I should say. Um, yeah, I mean, you know. We all develop in anything we do, don't we? You know, uh, we, we all develop at, at our skills and learn new skills and develop those. And, and um, yeah, but I'm sure we not, do. It's very nice at you, 60 years like, old, I'm singing Curtis Mayfield for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, great, great. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I think it's a great thing. And uh, it, it opens your, um, your mind to things, it opens your your thoughts and, and, you know, you, you have so much more coming to you in life. Um, you know, and I, I really do enjoy 
doing all the different things that I do. Yeah, well, you know, like I say, it, it has you in good stead. You're a lot more versatile a performer. You could jump into a black label-like band and boogie the house down and then step into a sophisticated rock show. Yeah. You know, and a decade ago, well, 15 years ago, I could not have seen you in that spectrum. Mold. But, yeah. That's right, yeah, that's I, right. No, you absolutely... Yeah, totally, I, I totally that, agree with you. Yeah, the thought of that 15 years ago never crossed my mind when it came <laughs> to you. But, it didn't cross yeah. mine either, did it? It didn't cross mine either. Um, strangely? And, um, <laughs> yeah, strangely enough. I mean, I've been lucky to work with a lot of great musicians over the years, but the, the talent that is in the rock show is um, vast. I've got to tell you, I mean, there's seven of the people in the band, including myself, seven of us are, uh, are singers, and um, and not, they're multi-instrumentalists. They go from different... different um, uh, instruments throughout the night, throughout our show. Um, and just one thing I wanted to put, after you mentioned earlier on about John English, um, yes, I, I am in that seat, but not replacing John, because... No, no um, well, you know, I didn't mention that word. Nobody no, can you do didn't. that. No, exactly. It's not, it's not possible. And and um, I've just got to be myself um, and do the show that, that John was putting together uh, with the rest of the people who are in that band still and, and just do that I show the best of my ability and um, hope I pull it off, every, you know, every night. Well, you know, wall-to-wall people sat down in the middle of COVID at Coffs Harbour X Services who were, you know, I remember the security having a difficult time getting people to sit down. <laughs> yeah, it was a great show. I really enjoyed playing there, actually. Um, and the night after was at Twin Towns. It was, it was um, a very, very good weekend. Uh, it was... You know, it's great to see so many people thoroughly enjoying um, a show. You know, uh, songs that were uh, danceable, but at the time they weren't allowed to dance or sing. But people were still really, really enjoying themselves. You know, and, and um, especially when the the whole repertoire of that is stuff that um, the punters who pay to see that show are going to hear. That music that automatically makes them want to sing along anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all you know known stuff, isn't it? You know, like and and that's what's so good about it. Yes, it's it's a cover band, but it's really a rock cabaret show, if you want to put it that way. Um, well, I wouldn't go know. so far as to call it cabaret. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a rock show. Don't get me wrong, but it's <laughs> it's it's played it's played more. I guess in the, in the vein of what um, John English was, you know, he, he had yeah. a good sense of humour. It was a joker, and um, and the, I think the whole vibe of the band is still is still just like that. And you could still take those exa- that that exact same lineup. That show could go and play pubs in Australia as well. So absolutely, you know, it's uh, and that in itself takes it away from being part of cabaret. As soon as you can hit the pubs yeah. in it, it's no longer cabaret. It's pub. Right? Yeah, I guess. I guess so. I guess I'm saying that because we played so many theatres. Um, well, you know, it's a recently. theatrical production. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, and and and, and that was that makes it, and that's why it's a show. It's not just a, it's not just a gig type of thing. It's an actual show, and um, it's an audio I, I really, visual event. Yeah, I really enjoy. It. I really enjoy it, but I enjoy everything I do. Uh, so, you, yeah, know, I well, enjoy you know, I enjoy music. music. I, I enjoy singing, and it's just, um, it's great, you know. Well, it's going to be that way again in Lawless Breed. So what made you go back to revisiting that particular name? Well, of course, we, uh, Lawless Breed was, it came about that the name when um, Black Label were um, looking at touring um, in Europe. Uh, and um, in back in 2008, and we weren't going. Decided not to go out as Black Label mainly because there's a bigger band in the in the, in the rest of the world called Black Label Society, and um, we thought it best that we didn't step on their toes. Um, and so um, after it looked like I think four of us met at um, the Albion Hotel at. Uh, 
at Parramatta and sat there one night and just wrote out a whole heap of different um, song names. And one of those names, I think it was about 120 different names we came up with them, one of those names was Lawless Breed. And uh, it won the vote over the other over the other names. And so, you know, the, the interesting thing was Black Label was BL and Lawless Breed was LB. You know, like, yeah. like it, it, it kept it, you know, sort of a, a, a bit of a play on... Um, on, on uh, different things, and and we were a, a sort of a biker band, and of course, Lawless Breed fit with the biker band thing as well. So that's where the name came from. And we and we toured. We we, we played in Germany, Netherlands. Um, we were supposed to play in France, but that that part of the tour got cancelled. And we went to to the UK and played in London and whatnot. And um, and then came back to Australia, and we were Black Label again. So when I was looking for a band, I was putting this band together in two thousand and nineteen. Even though it's only just sort of coming coming out now, I was putting putting this band together. I, I, Kev, Kevin Pratt, who was also a member of Black Label in the early days with me, um, we were just having a chat uh, one day on the phone. I was in Parramatta. He was up, he was um, I think he was at home on the Central Coast, and we were just having a chat. And um, I mentioned to him, you know, I want to put a band together, and he said, I was thinking the same thing, you know, and whatever we chat about. And, and I, I said, you know, I wouldn't mind revisiting the name. Lawless Breed, because no one else has used it since that I know of. So he said, great. You know, I said, you know, what other guitars you like? He said, like, Tony. He said, I worked with Tony um, many times. He said, we're in pound for pound. I said, great. Um, and uh, we had the drummer lined up, but that, that sort of fell through. And then I said, what about bass player? He said, look, we've got a guy in pound for pound who wouldn't mind doing it. His name's Damien McDonald. I said, oh, I was in a... I was in Phantom Mark V with Damien McDonald's. I said, yeah, I know him, definitely. So that was the three there. And then we tried another drummer out. It didn't quite work out. And then, you know, now we've got um, Adam uh, Younger. He's from a band called Rock City Saints and another band called um, Jet Black, who also <laughs> Damien McDonald plays in those two bands as well. Well, there's and no so six degrees of separation it, there, it, is it, there? It's a bit, in, it's a bit incestuous, isn't it? Yeah. And um, <laughs> on the odd, on the on the odd occasion, um, on the odd occasion, both on separate occasions, both Kevin Pratt and um, Tony McDowell, the two guitar players, play in Rock City Saints as well when their guitarist can't make the gigs. Oh, so, so they're, they're the depths in Rock City Saints. That, that's it. So Rock City Saints, Jet Black. Um, and of course, uh, we, I also shoved in my uh, <laughs> my duo partner. We only played probably two, three times a year. That's um, um, Darren Rolling Keys is his uh, name. Um, he uh, he does a lot of solo shows, but he's um, I shoved him in to, to, to do some you know stuff because he plays guitar as well as keyboards. Um, but he can't do all the shows with us because now he's just joined. Um, John Paul Young John and the All-Stars? Correct, John Paul Young. So he can't do all the shows. So what we're doing, we're going to be doing some different songs when he's in the band. Um, you know, uh, we, we sort of come across some other songs that we thought, well, we'll do certain songs when he's not in a band, another bunch of songs when he's in a band, so we can actually, uh, you know, showcase some of the keyboard stuff. And um, and he sings too, so it takes a vocal right off sings. of you. Well, the interesting thing is Adam, the drummer, is a great singer. Well, um, you know, just harmony-wise, I can't wait yeah. to hear this band. Well, funnily enough, Adam is the lead singer in the band as well, the drummer. And um, he, he's really good with cold chisel stuff and ACDC kind of stuff. His voice really suits that. Um, and Tony McDowell sings as well, so he'll be doing some lead vocal and stuff. Kevin Pratt might might uh, whine his way through some songs because he does play, he does sing a bit of some blues sometimes uh, up on the Central Coast. Uh, so, you know... We're all going to be singing, um, and um, I think it'll, you know, give the band more scope um, to do different things. And, um, yeah, so so that's basically where we're up to. Oh, and another thing, on top of all this, this is more information that you probably really want, Andy, but um, we go back to Tony McDowell, Kevin Pratt, and uh, keyboard the keyboard player, um, Darren, all of them have been members of Swanee. Swanee. <laughs> That's right. So it's one of those things. I mean, Swanee says, look, can I borrow the guy? Can the guys? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, why not? <laughs> you know. Um, well, there's scope there for something. Yeah. 
Oh, I could see you and Swanee doing something together at some point. That'd be fun to yeah. see. Yeah, I mean, I have sang twice with Swanee on stage. Once with a, was at a, a benefit up, um, uh, up the Central Coast. Funnily, funnily, again, in that benefit was Kevin Pratt, Tony McDowell and... Um, Darren Hogue. <laughs> yeah, all on stage. And so that was, that was that. We were there together. And another time I went out to Riverston to see, um, to see Swanee play and he had a little bit of a flu... And he said, uh, this is several years ago, um, and he said, mate, can you get up and sing a couple of songs? So I got up, and Tony McDowell's on stage then too, so I sang a couple of um, a couple of um, ZZ Top songs, which we'll actually be doing in our set. That is um, Jesus Just Left Chicago and um, Waiting for the Bus. So they're the first two songs off the Tush album. I think we'll have to start calling it The Six Degrees of Steve Mulry. <laughs> Ah, yeah. There's no separation there. No, absolutely not. It's a weird type of setup. But um, any of those bands that I've just mentioned, you should go out and see them because, honestly, they're such good bands, such good musos. Well, they should come Um, up up the bloody north coast and play more often. You're right. should do that, eh? Yeah, Um, well, there's more money on offer up here for acts like that. Yeah, I do have uh, a gig organised for the Central Coast for Lawless Breed, but that's in March. Um, at and the, the Long Jetty Hotel. At the Long Jetty, and the second one that has come in, well, the second one isn't actually up the Central Coast, it's down at Bidwell, and that's um, that's in June. Um, so, um, yeah. But is it really the Long Jetty Hotel, Steve? Mm-hmm. Is, um, it, is it really the Long Jetty Hotel, or is it this... Um, Playing in the corner under the TAB sign. <laughs> That's a good good point. I don't actually know. I better yeah, I'll find tell you out, what I it guess. is. It's out the front. It's in the front yeah. bar. Um, well, that, it's not the old um, zoo that you and I would remember. Yeah, well, that's okay. What the hell, you know? Yeah. Um, either way, we'll blow the roof off. doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, well, I might venture down from the Clarence Valley for that <laughs> one. Good <laughs> be great to catch up with you. Yeah, mate. Oh, well, you know, we'll work on getting you some shows up this end of the world with something or other. Yeah, no, true, true. Yeah, the Yamba Bowling Club is right for the pickings at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. We've got your Thirsty Mercs and Casey Barnes and all of that. Um, Paul Kelly sold out there in 15 minutes. Really? Yeah, and then blew the gig out. It was in August. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, okay. sold out in 15 minutes. Oh, these things happen? Yeah. That's COVID and, for uh, That's um, what the world in a pandemic, my friend. Uh, that's it. That's exactly right. And also, Andy, I don't know how much you want me to carry on and rave on. Oh, but mate, we've got an hour. But just, just, just on top of all that, I'll probably, well, I'll probably might not even make an hour. I'm probably going to spill all the beans in... Ten minutes and then, it looks like um, next year um, will be the year TMG gets back on the road again. Okay, cool. Because because, because TMG haven't played since um, March of twenty nine. Sorry, March of twenty twenty last year when we played down at One Stop at um, in Victoria. And um, we haven't played since because then that was sort of that weekend that the pandemic uh, sort of um, hit uh, Australia. And, um, yeah, we haven't played together since then. So next year, so it'll be two years since then, it looks like uh, because next year, 2022, is the 50th anniversary of Ted Mulry game. Wow, um, yeah, start, started in 1972, so it's it's not... The actual 50th year, like the, the month itself is October, so actually last month was 49 years, but next year is the 50th year. So Well, that's rock, we'll and, rock and Roll Hall of Fame time for Ted as far as I'm concerned. Well, you'd think so. You'd think so. Yeah. yeah. You'd think so. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, you know, we all... There's, like everything else, the music industry is political and somebody's got a reason for not wanting that to happen yet. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll have to wait for them all to die off, yeah? Well, you, you know... 
It's either that or we get them cancelled. <laughs> like everything else. Yeah, yeah. Or, well, you know, you've only got to look at someone that, well, say the wrong word. Exactly right. And somebody gets offended in this day and age. So, you know, you, you couldn't go out and do songs like, why don't you all get fucked now? No, no. Imagine doing uh, Normie. Remember the song Normie? Oh, smart. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you, you just could not release that now. Or, no. you, you know, things like Dave Warner's From the Suburbs, Convict Streak. No, exactly right. Yeah, you know, so many you, things you can't do anymore. It's ridiculous, isn't it? We're supposed to be. I mean, I mean these things were were back in the in the eighteen hundreds when you you know you weren't allowed to do certain things, but and it became a, a more open society. Well, now it's all closing down again because of this crap of you know people cancelling out others because they're offended by one word or the spelling of a word or you know different things. It's just. It's just mind blowing. It, 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 so many wusses. It's just annoying, Andy. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be rather <laughs> controversial. Controversial here, uh, Steve. Yeah. It's like I've realised, and it's been not something that happened yesterday. It didn't happen overnight. That mm. um, nothing actually happens when you're offended. <laughs> That's true. You, you might get the shits for a bit, but you get over it, yeah, don't you? you know, you don't all of a sudden catch leprosy and all your limbs start dropping off. No, Your eyeballs do not <laughs> pop from their sockets. Your ears no. don't fall off. You don't stop freaking breathing unless you bring that on yourself through a panic attack because you were so offended. But yeah, that, that right. was your choice if that happens. And, yeah, you know, that, the, the, <laughs> nothing happens to you. You used to be able to change a channel when you didn't like what you were watching on TV. I don't think people can do that anymore. They have to ride into the station and say, I didn't like that. Or like <laughs> change channels. If nobody watched it, they wouldn't put it on anymore, would they? You no, know? no, they wouldn't. And yeah, this whole, whole effect, parentally offended, it's like it's an industry. Absolutely. It's, yeah, that's right. That's, what it's <laughs> that's right. The cancel culture. Is an industry in itself. Yeah, it is. Is somebody's funded it, and it ain't me. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, enough of that. Enough of that, mate. Yeah. Well, um, um, I've just seen <laughs> something pop up on YouTube on the screen behind me, and it's like the guys talking about trademark issues. Oh yeah. And I seem to remember something to do with um, said Black Label Society and their ability to. Uh, oh, they're having to build themselves here in Australia as Black Label Society, Zach Wilde's Black Label Society. That's correct. I mean, you know, if they'd have, if they'd have said, that, well, maybe not them, but whoever was doing their advertising for them, um, this is in the early 2000s, um, if they'd have, you know, said Black Label Society are coming, they would have gone, oh, yeah, beauty, you know, no problem. But however, whoever was doing their advertising here in Australia was saying Black Label are coming. And well, Black Label were already fucking here. That's correct. And we sort of let them know. That we said, listen, you know, Black Label's already here. How about you just say the name of the band? Just say Black Label Society are coming, you know. And, let, you know, let, let's just leave it at that. No, no, you're nobody. You're just a little band, you know. So oh, a, a little band that holds a bloody trademark. Well, exactly right. We were the trademark holders in the Commonwealth of Australia. So, to cut a very long story short, Andy, you're absolutely correct. They had to eventually, without putting all the detail in the middle of how that eventuated, um, they ended up having to just come over as Zach Wilde's Black Label Society and put stickers on their CD saying Zach Wilde's Black Label Society. They wouldn't have had to do any of that if they had just set, called the band Black Label Society was coming, you know. If yeah. they said that, we, w we wouldn't have jacked up, but we did. And and and, and, and twice, I mean, the, 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 he came the first time, they came the first time. Second time, they w did it to us again. They were coming out here touring with um, with Motorhead, and, of course, we said, said no, you're not. So they, um, they had to pull out of the tour. But um, so they never came. Motorhead did. Um, and it wasn't, you know, we, we weren't, we didn't want to be nasty with them, but, you know, don't push people around just because they're smaller than you in a smaller country. 
know. That um, so they neglect and, to come to most of the time and overcharges for the privilege of seeing them. Well, absolutely. I mean, I realise it costs a lot of money to bring big bands out here. I understand that. But still, we do get charged exorbitant fees. But regardless of all that, that was one of the reasons why we decided if we were going to, going to Europe or going, leaving Australia, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do to them what they did to us. So we decided we won't step on anybody's toes. We'll change the name of the band. And that's why it became Lawless Breed um, in 2008 when we went over to, the, to Europe. And that makes sense. And to tell you the honest to God truth, Steve, the reason I trademarked the odd collective ALT was because of what happened with you guys and knowing that yeah. there is a band called Odd Collective out of the States that uh-huh. came about a little after I'd put the concept together in the first right. place. And I, was that happening that I thought, I better hedge my bets here. And for for any Australian act that's got a name that is, you know, not being, you know, rehashed about a thousand times, you know, there's plenty of acts like the Brains out of Canada who pay no respect whatsoever to the fact that there's a band out of Athens, Georgia called The Brains that had a hit called Money Changes Everything that Cindy Lauper covered. Oh, um, right. Well, that's about that's about to kick off in between the states and Canada with these young guys that haven't paid attention to the fact that oh somebody used that name such and such a time ago maybe we should find another name because yeah. the, these people are still selling records maybe we might just be encroaching on a trademark here yeah, or you exactly. know uh, and st- and even without the trademark, if the brand is established in the states, um, yeah. people could find themselves in trouble. So, absolutely. I, yeah. I took the You're time right. after I found Odd Collective. I thought, oh, okay, I better yeah. heed the warning of Black Label and did that myself. And yep, well, I, I feel mean, quite confident now that if they ever came over here for the next ten years, I can say. No. Exactly. Too close yeah. to my name. Thank you very much. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, it, I mean, the first thing I did, because this is around about August, late July, say August um, 2019, when Kevin and I were talking, Kev Pratt and I, and by late August, I'd put in, I'd put in the trademark. You know, I thought, no, I'm going to have it now. So six yep. months later, it was, I kept quiet about it for six months. I thought, no, I'm not going to say anything to anyone. I'm not going to advertise it anywhere. I just let it wait till the six months was up, and I, I you know, I then got the letter in um, uh, 2020 of February 2020 saying that I had it, and um, for the next. Oh, 10 you're years, lucky yeah. I got a PDF. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> uh, yeah. A PDF file's better than no file at all, I suppose. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, yeah, no doubt. For 250 bucks, it's a smart thing to do for any band that's oh, from so. Australia. Yeah, very smart Absolutely. thing to yeah. do. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you've got if you want to do it all around the world, it, it gets a bit more complex, you know. Um, Luckily for me, the, the the and ALT at the end of Odd Collective makes it different enough from the States to get away with it, possibly. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But, um, yeah, but it's still but, the, those middle yeah. two words have hedged my bets here. Yeah, yeah. But it's great, you know, it's great that um, you can be protected, um, you know, and um, because, it, you know, sooner or later, you think, you know, there's so many bands that, I mean, <laughs> there's several bands wanted to be called Black Label. There was another band in Queensland called Black Label. I, I, I do believe called- I tipped you off to that one. Yeah, I think you did, and and I actually have had one. Of, I found their their CD because we already had CDs out as well, and I um I saw their CD for sale in a second hand store, so I bought it. Oh, and um, yeah, and I thought um I, I, the interesting thing about that is um I think they had a song called um, on the album called um, Fallen Angel. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Which of course was what about song main song and uh, they also had a song on it called lenny oh my which goodness 
which is my wife's name. Yeah. Um, but um, regardless of that, yeah, uh, so I got that. And, um, and, and they, they, yeah, I think they're a good bunch of guys. They just, you know, they, they were, um, they, they, they weren't happy that, because they were coming to Sydney and calling themselves a flat label. They were going to be in some kind of band festival or cop or something. I can't remember what it was. And, and um, so we had a letter sent to them saying, come on, guys, you know, when you come to Sydney, we don't care. If you want to stay in Cairns and call yourself a flat label, yeah, go for it. But um, if you come to Sydney, please change it to something else just while you're here. Because they weren't known down here anyway, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, and so, no, so they didn't like that. So um, I think that, that George Musket started getting phone calls in the middle of the night, and when he answered the phone, people nobody was there, and it happened over and over and over again. So we sent our, our solicitors wrote a letter and sent it to him and said, you know, if you want if you if you want trouble, let's go. <laughs> Basically. You know. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> wrong band. Yeah, wrong yeah, band, the to, you know, um, there's certain people that I know of that are associated with that, that particular act that you wouldn't even have to ask the question. Absolutely. If they caught yeah. on to that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's a game you don't want to play. So, no, yeah, again, no. do your homework, young band. I mean, we did it the right way, you know. We, we did it with a solicitor. And the good thing was we were being sponsored by Woodstock Bourbon at the time. And Ozbike yeah, uh, mag- magazine. Yeah, that too. But but mainly, but Woodstock Bourbon, what they did, they paid for the solicitor. To oh my bourbon. goodness! Yeah. Yeah. So that was all. That was great. But we've we've had other ways. Um, you know, not that we want to hurt people, but we, we we've had other situations where we've had to show the opposition that there was a bit of muscle involved with the band. Um. You know, these things happen sometimes. You, you, people start threatening you one way or another, and sometimes you just got to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to take it. Yeah, well, it, it, that's just smart, you know. Again, it, it comes down to people really not having done their homework. You can call yourself, no. uh, you know, as far as bands go, you know, there's a version of Dirty Deeds in New South Wales, one in Queensland, yep. one in <laughs> South Australia... One in Tasmania and probably four yeah. in freaking New Zealand. And I wonder what kind of music they do. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to guess. <laughs> but <laughs> they suffice to say, Malcolm Young's estate's not seeing a damn cent of it. Well, there you go. Exactly right. No, it's right. Not that, he sh- that, that the estate is short to quit, but that's not the point. No, well, it's, you know, if you're going to pretend to be Malcolm badly... <laughs> You know, pay for pay the the people for the privilege, uh, and yeah. you know that that that's what people don't understand with me. It's not personal. I've got friends who play in them bands, but yeah, sure. I release yeah, yeah, yeah. covers, as you well know, and so yeah. have you. And to do, for the privilege, yeah. you've paid a license fee to APRA yeah. or via your yeah. aggregator that distributes on yeah. your behalf, well, just like me. You know. You pay a yeah. license fee to do so. Um, yeah, I mean, the rock show gets permissions from from all the different artists. You know, because we put pictures on the wall be, behind us, like on, on a yeah. screen of different things, and we ask those artists if we are, if they'll allow us to use certain footage, like certain pictures, and all we got all that in place before we start performing. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you just got to do the right thing. Oh, that's just just got to be smart, Steve. Yeah. And I yeah. suppose we're only smart because we're old. Yes, we've gone through all this crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you we're we're no like, longer oh young God. and reckless and we've learnt the lessons nah, nah. of being young and reckless. That's um, right. And you, and you learn stuff and you go, oh, jeez, I didn't think of that or I didn't know I could do that or, you know. And then, but, yeah, you learn after a while and it just becomes part and parcel of... Um, of putting something together, you know? Yeah, well, you know, it's just doing the right thing too, especially if, you know, if you're going to use somebody's whole body of work for you to make money out of, essentially. Whether you're yeah. making money or not, you're still selling off the back of someone yeah. else's body of work. And yeah. they yeah. deserve to be recompensed for it, you know? Yeah. 
It's just I mean, it's not a just like That's borrowing somebody. You know, somebody comes along and borrows your car, Steve. Goes out and drives an Uber. Yeah. For eight hours, you give it to them with a full tank. They bring Absolutely. it back for you. Yeah. You find. <laughs> no, well, you you haven't got a full tank, and the money they've earned, they haven't given you brass razor of it. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the layman's way of making people understand indeed that's what happens with tribute bands. That's a very good analogy. Cuz that's literally what they're doing and you know I, I actually have the belief that not enough musos know about the organization called APRA. Yes, right, that's true. And that could be where it falls down too because if you're not aware and let's face it, nobody wants to drop a dollar, but, you know, again, it's still sure. like, like the, the Uber explanation. It's like yeah. that's exactly what you're doing and, the, you know, you deserve to have something for having your car borrowed to, and used for Uber for eight hours. You used, used to make money out of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And, you know, that's why I every single cover we do, I do my APRA returns twice a year. Yeah, so do I. I, we, we put them in. We put whatever we do, you know. Um, that's why I try and, so, I mean, and play at least one of mine somewhere along well, the line. It. That's it. I mean, we black label half the songs. That we, cause when we used to do three sets, of course, more than half the songs actually were original material. And, of course, um, you know, we used to do a lot of shows. So so um, we'd all get a little bit of money because all of us were songwriters in the band. And so we'd all get a little bit of money, um, you know. Twice a year. A couple, couple of times a year. Yeah, exactly right. Once in um, November and once in May, yeah, from memory? Yeah, because I think you put it in, I think we put it in the end of August and um, put it in the end of February, something like that, you know. Um, yeah, you Mar yeah, in for Mar late February, March, and you get it in May. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you, you right. know, that, that's a, an income stream that'll, that could save your ass at some point in time. It certainly could. Yeah, every little bit counts, doesn't it? Particularly if you are... If, that, if that's all you're doing, I mean, I've been fortunate. I've, I've always worked all my life, so I've always had money coming in to my job. But, you know, if, if all you're doing is playing, then every little bit counts. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Especially when every time you play Sydney, you go broke. <laughs> well, that's true, isn't it? I mean, you get bugger all money-wise in Sydney. Funnily, no, it's strange, isn't it, really? you think that's where all the money was. you think that's where, you know, in the big city, that's where the... That's where the money is. You play, you'll get paid well. No, sorry, wrong. Now, too much competition um, brought the money down. Yeah. I, th no, I actually I mean, think it was the fact that there was too much garbage out there. That's possible too. But, I mean, I know that when I was playing in bands in the 80s, getting the same, you know... We were getting, getting more. Same, well, maybe getting more. But, I mean, like, at least getting... You know, It'd be about the same money. Of course, PAs are going up in price, or at least they, if the price is staying the same, they're getting smaller. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, and, you know, if you want good production, you've got to pay for it. Like anything, if you want something good, you've got to pay for it. Well, it's, um, part of, it's part of putting on the best show you can put on. It is. It is. Um, so, you know, you've got to look into all these things. Two, two, two powered boxes on a stick don't matter. Just you know, that you might as well not have them there. Just uh, yeah, <laughs> turn the monitors I played, around. I, I, I've played like that a few times myself, and I hate it. Although, if I'm doing a duo with with Darren today, that's okay. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing's okay. But yeah, for a full that, band, that's a lot more chilled out, and you know, in yeah, it's not inconsequential to you. But as far as the pub's concerned, it's inconsequential. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, here's and, and, here's uh, 600 bucks. Go and play for three hours, you bastards. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I mean, the good thing with Darren, I mean, he, he's got his own little PA, so we don't have to pay out for the PA. I mean, it's his. He's already paid for it, you know. So he, But he plays a lot of solo artists, and, he, you know, that, that sort of pays him back in that respect. But, you know, um, it, it's still hard to make money, Um you know, I mean, obviously, solo artists and duos make more money than bands most of the time because that, that's quite the quandary, too, isn't it? It is absolutely. I mean, you know, a solo artist might get three fifty, four hundred. You know, if they're lucky, a duo will get you know six hundred, maybe 
if you're really lucky, 700. A band, you know, if you're lucky with a band, if, if, you, if you end up getting it. On the Central Coast, <laughs> 8.50, and that's good yeah. money. <laughs> well, let's, let's say let's say you get 8.50, 900. If you pay for your PA, which is a damn sight bigger than the, than the one you, you use yeah. for a solo. 4.50 <laughs> at least. Yeah. So let's say you've got 400 or 4.50 left. You're not one person, you're four, five. Six, six, seven. Exactly. You know, the rock show is eight. There's eight of us, eight of us on stage in a rock show. Damn, having a horn um, section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, people, I mean, some people might say, oh, gee, it's expensive, 50, 50 bucks, 55 bucks a ticket. Yeah, we've got eight people in a band and all the equipment. And <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, well, it's only costing us twelve grand to put this freaking show on, and you're yeah. going to complain about fifty five dollars for four and yeah. a half hours of entertainment. Thank well, you very that, much. That's it. It's a big night, and it's um, you know, it, it, I think it's well worth it, really. Um, but you know, some people do whinge about it, and that's fine because you know, money's money. But yeah, you, know, well, you, know, you, you can whinge about it, but you didn't have to buy the bloody ticket. That's true, but those musicians on stage are probably paying, playing for more than 20 years, probably 30 years each, or at least 20 years, mm. uh, to, to, to get their craft so they sound as good as they need to for the show that they're putting on for you. Plus, they've been to rehearsal. Hello, $55. Yeah. Hello, dearie. Would you like to borrow my phone and find out how much it'll cost you an hour to get a freaking plumber? That's yeah, exactly. Well, that's the old thing, isn't it? The old adage, um, you know... Uh, you say to say to a um, to, to a plumber, look, can you fix my plumbing um, here? I won't pay you, but I'll get it'd be good exposure because um, my neighbours will see you doing it, and um, you know you Oof. can give them business cards, and they might call you as well. The last time I checked, exposure was something that happened to you when you were physically exposed to the elements. Yes, out in the sun too long, or out oh, in the cold too yeah, long. Yeah, you know, there's, um, and there's nothing good about that shit. No, there isn't, but a lot of musicians have been out in the cold for too long. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a lot of them deserve to stay out in the cold for a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfair, Andy. That's unfair. Well, you know, the ones that are, you know, um, pissing and moaning <laughs> that from tribute bands and other... People that I, you know, that's my pet hate, as you well know. That, you I know, know absolutely. When, when they start pissing and moaning and they're working a day job. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you don't I piss don't... and moan when you don't. Like, I've never, ever heard you piss and moan about not being able to get a gig. No, never. Because it, never, <laughs> it doesn't affect your bottom line too much. No. No, I play... In fact, it, I, it usually makes your bottom line go backwards. Yeah, that, that, that's why it's true too, isn't it? But, I mean, I, I play because I want to. I love to play. Yeah. You know? But I do understand. If, if you're in a concept show or you're in a, a cover show, you know, if you are a, a musician who, who likes to write, it, it, yes, you want to get paid money if you're in a concept show because you're having to play songs you probably don't want to play. You don't have to be in the concept show. No, you don't have to be in the concept show unless it's the only way that you're going to be able to get on stage. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I think I think a bit differently about this in the sense that, I, as you mentioned earlier, I have money coming in because of my job. Yeah. But if, you, if, if that's all you do, you either have to go out and get a job, which could affect your playing on stage, or you've got to play in something that earns money. And usually ends up being a concept show or some kind of cover band. Yeah, well, I've, you know, I've never had a complaint about covers, bands, because, you know, I've been yeah. known to do an album that's full of them. Absolutely, mate. And even some of the biggest artists in the world have done covers. TMG have done covers. Oh, um, yeah. You know, lots of big bands have done covers. You know, um, even the Beatles did covers. Um, Vince Neil you know, covered it, bloody 25 or 624 Chicago badly, but we won't well, go there. <laughs> What a great song. I mean, not his version. I'm just saying, what a great song that is, eh? Yeah, man. Um, there's actually, Phil Rigger actually sent me a clip of a Japanese kid played the vocal line on acoustic guitar. Uh, wow. Played all the parts on an acoustic guitar, basically. It's like, I'll send it to you at some point. But Yeah. Um, Chicago. Terry Kath. Man. Yeah. Oh, terrific. That's why I do Great what stuff. I do. I didn't actually appreciate it. A lot of bands, actually. I never really appreciated it when I was younger. When I got a bit older and started to 
realise what talent these guys had, you know? Yeah, well, you know, Terry Kath was lauded as being better than Jimi Hendrix by Jimi Hendrix himself. It's all good, mate. Um, yes, yeah, so that's how it, how it rumbles. You know, if you're still going out and doing covers, and but you love doing what you're doing. I do. I yeah. do. I love performing. I like. Well, I mean, sometimes you, I, I just stand there like a, you know, doing yeah, nothing, it but still performing. the world like it's my mightn't seem to the world like it's my happy place, but secretly it is. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It is a happy place. It is a happy place. Particularly when you do a really good job, you know. I mean, you know, I know myself, some some nights I go, oh, man, I could have done better at that. And people come on and go, that was great. And you go, yeah, yes, 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 it was. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you think that was shit. But anyway. Yeah, well, you know, generally punters don't know the difference if you're putting your all in. And even if you do hit a bum note here and there because you're leaving it all hanging... And yeah. you know, when I I've seen you come off stage after <laughs> doing an Angels support with Black Label, and you've had forty minutes to hang it all out there and prime a crowd. And, yeah. You know, I've seen you come off a stage forty minutes totally exhausted. Yeah, because I put it. I mean, you want to put it, you know, because you you've got to. I mean, even though some of the people in the crowd at Angels concerts are your crowd, they come along to see you anyway. You put everything in because you want to. You want them to think you're doing a good job. You want them to enjoy the show. They want the energy, the the, the musicianship, the, the you know, and you want to put your best foot forward all the time because you know you you don't. Number one, you want the, them to have a good time, and number two, you don't want to be seen in a bad light. You want to do the best job you can, and it takes shit out of you to do that. And there, there was this other thing that I got taught. Very, very early. I think it was about 1978. Yeah. And Bob Yates said to me, Andy, mm -hmm. if you're ever going to do a support, you take this attitude. Make it as hard as fucking possible for the bastards who are coming on after you to oh, talk absolutely, you. mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You make, that, <laughs> you make that headline work hard. Yeah, for sure. Yes, always. And I think that was probably the best advice I'd been given as a young and if you're getting thrown into a support situation, make it damned hard for the people who are following you to top you. Yeah. And the good thing about that is it makes them work harder too and they put on a good show because of it because you've sort of pushed their bar up a bit further, you know, so they, they go for it, which is great. Um, I mean, we've always been fortunate when we used to play with the Angels or Radiators or uh, Kevin Borich or if we played with um, Rose Tattoo, or anybody like that, they always put on a great show after us. Um, you know, and you like to think to yourself, well, that may be because we pushed them a bit too, you know? Um, but we've been very fortunate to play with some of the best bands in Australia. Yeah, and made it hard for them. Yeah. But, um, well, you, good you'd like to doing. think so, and not, I can vouch for it. <clears throat> <laughs> um, especially yeah. a... A chock-a-block Belmont 16-footers club. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, definitely. That's a, yeah. that's a sight to behold. And anybody who made it, made those guys work as hard as they had to that night, um, you know, you deserve the kudos you got. Oh, thanks, mate. Thank you. Yeah. And, hey, well, you know, well enough that I'll call a spade a spade. Yeah. I mean, uh, Black Label were one of the tightest bands I've... I, I, you know, I mean, yes, I was in the band, but, you know, we rehearsed every single week, whether we were playing that week or not. We just, every time, we played the whole show, every week, the whole show, the whole show, the whole show. And, we, you know, you're on stage, you don't even have to think about it, because you just do everything, and therefore you could do whatever you wanted on stage. You didn't have to concentrate so hard. You were just doing what you had to do. Um, and that's what you need to do. You need to get out there and... You know, put the put the work in, put the hours in, 
to make you make make yourself better, so that um, so that other people notice it, you know, and, and other people enjoy themselves. Well, that's what you'd hope they do. You hope they do. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, me, the, me that is averse to that dirty word rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, I don't do it so, quite so much these, these days. I, you know, um, I, I'm, I used to be against, um, you know, turning up at a gig and going, hey, let's, let's just do, you know, let's do these songs. Now I don't care. If they say, look, uh, I'm going to throw this song in, I might not be. I go, oh, yeah, I sort of know how it goes. And, and, and you do something like that. I never used to be able to do that. But um, in the last few years, yeah, that's I've, I've come to uh, appreciate that um, spontaneity. Yeah, well, it, it also adds a bit of a frenetic edge to everything. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> nothing like living on the edge. You know, you never that's know. Right. You don't know whether it's going to train wreck or not. Yeah, and, and you know it, what? Funny, you just reminded me of something, Andy. You just said living on the edge. I wrote a song, and I know. Um, uh, Aerosmith wrote a song I called Living on the Edge, but I wrote a song in 1987 called Living on the Edge, and I've never released it on anything. You, you just reminded me of that. So I've actually got a bunch of songs that I wrote around about that time that have never been released. I wouldn't mind revisiting them. See, you, you just inspired me to go back over my my old stuff and... Um, Take them to Phil Weger, mate. Might do that, or I could go to Ramrod. Yeah, I'd really, honestly, I would really like to hear what Phil Rigger would do on one of yours. Yeah? Yeah. We might work something out there. Yeah, Love Child's working with him too. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, good on him. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I get on well with those guys. I mean, um, Dennis was, you know, played with me in, in the band Weekend Detention, the guitarist from uh, Love Child. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, He's an odd I haven't fucker, seen those isn't he? guys for What was that? He's an odd fucker, isn't he? Oh, well, why not? Why not? Well, it's his guitar <laughs> all over the odd collective stuff with Phil at the wheel. Yeah. So he is officially odd. <laughs> okay, that's great. But then again, who isn't? Yeah, we're exactly. In the, we're in the bloody music industry. We're all a bunch of oddities. We are. We are too. And that's why now, I like and, the name, The Odd Collective. The Odd Collective, yeah. Better than The Odd Couple. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you something very, very quickly. I'm looking at my phone, and I have 1% left Okay, Steve, well, that's cool, so, man. We we <laughs> shall say hooroo for now, then. We nearly clipped the hour. We nearly clipped the hour. We're up to 53 minutes. and um, yeah, 22 seconds? 50, 53 minutes. Oh, yeah, 53 minutes and 29, Whoa. 30 seconds, 31. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, yeah, mate, I, don't well, wanna, I don't want to cut out before we finish. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Thank you for being on the Odd Collective Radio Show, mate. And thank you to the Odd Collective Radio Show for having me on. And you can hear this on Spotify and Anchor FM. Awesome. I might have to get on Anchor FM or even Spotify. I should, you know because they're ripping all the musicians off. I may as well just get on there and... and, and um, Enjoy you know. the free shit. <laughs> may as well. <laughs> okay, Steve, thanks for being with us, mate. All right, take care, Andy. Thanks you, again for the chat. You too, mate. Ciao. Take care.